to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie Podcast. I'm April Lemansky, and I'm here today with... Justin DeClue. And Colin Cunningham. And today we watched Galaxy of Terror and Boarding House, um, <laughs> both both from the early 80s, 1981 from... and 1982. Yeah, we didn't even plan it either, it just ended up um, happening that way. Galaxy of Terror, I'm shocked that I didn't remember it very well. And when Colin suggested it, I'm like, yeah, sure, let's watch it. James Cameron did the art design I've on it. I've always heard of it and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those movies I think like the kind of alien connecting. You know, obviously it's an alien ripoff, but... Uh, no, we know why you've heard about it. And it's because a giant slug monster sexually assaults a woman. Oh. That's what the movie's famous for. <laughs> no, that's what it's famous for? Yeah, that's all anybody talks about. If you look on the Wikipedia, it actually says like, this is the scene that is mentioned the most <laughs> in the special features. <laughs> No, I I had never heard of it before, but it's funny because it's another alien ripoff movie like uh, Shocking Dark, but it's much, much better. Much better. I think this one, this one sort of takes, you know, the sort of look and kind of setup. It's funny how this sort of is obviously like a cheap kind of ripoff of Alien. It does its own thing, though. It feels like one of those short stories you'd see in like analog science fiction if they're doing their Halloween special. Uh, Like the plot of the film is a bunch of astronauts never really well defined other than the fact that some of them are Robert England, Sid Haig, and Gase Zabrinsky from Twin Peaks. Is that a name? Gase Zabrinsky? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Gage Zabrinsky. <laughs> Grace Zabrinsky, also known as Susan Ross from Seinfeld, also known as Sarah Palmer from Twin Peaks. She is a fantastic actress and is not in this movie enough. Her intro is so funny because it's like you kind of see her enter in the background. There's one of the guys playing around with the console panels. And she walked in the background, and I swear to God, she's so small. I thought it was a child in a spacesuit. <laughs> she's very <laughs> short. And she kept walking forward and didn't seem to be getting any bigger. I've seen her in the 90s, and she looks noticeably younger in this. Um, and she's the captain of the ship. Uh, well, technically she's not. The captain oh, is supposed to be Zalman King, the oh. um, director slash creator of the Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, he's supposed to be the captain? Yeah, and nobody trusts him. I mean, this is a movie that while we were watching it, it's very unclear who any of these people are. There's like 12 characters, and they just kind of crash land on this planet, and they're on a rescue mission. And by rescue, I mean when a body falls from the rafters, they light it on fire instantly. <laughs> so yeah, it's very alien-like to kind of crash on this planet and visually the planet looks exactly like LV-426 from Alien mm-hmm. and well it, it's so weird like I was saying earlier it, it's sort of like a ripoff of Alien but then you got Jim Cameron mm. this is a Roger Corman produced movie James Cameron doing the production design for the film and it looks exactly like Aliens as well yeah this is so so you kind of see it it's sort of inspired Aliens you can mm. see a lot of Aliens in this and movie and Prometheus oh Prometheus <laughs> big time it's also got that going for it I mean but what this has that Prometheus doesn't have is that everybody has to face their fears. And just like everybody in the world, their fears are giant bugs. <laughs> monsters. Or, giant tentacle monsters. Yeah. And the main character survives by doing cool flips in the air and shoulder rolls. Oh, you're getting ahead of yourself <laughs> yeah. here. Okay. Let's go through everybody's oh, death. Well, one person we also forgot to mention was the, the old dude from My Favorite Martian. That's right. And uh, a cast show. member from Happy Days oh, that only right. Colin will know. Oh, right. <laughs> um, that was my favorite uh, show. Joan, 
Really? It was your favorite show? Yeah, Erin Erin. So wait, so you were like very nostalgic for the 50s? I said that sarcastically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I have to point out. I said it was my favorite show as like a 30-year-old when it came out on TV, and I'm like, ah, the 50s. (laughs) Back in the day, Uh, me and Georgie would do our hot rod racing. That's a reference to George Lucas and his classic American American graffiti returns. His classic movie, uh, THX 113. His classic American graffiti. No, it's more American graffiti. That's right, I got it wrong. My bad. An actually yeah, crazy movie. You have to check it out. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like four really short like films, and each oh. short film is shot in a different style. What? So, like, there's a whole Vietnam segment, and George Lucas says, if me and John Milius had been able to make our version of Apocalypse Now, which is they were going to go to Vietnam and shoot it while the <laughs> Vietnamese War was going on, Whoa. this is what it would look like. And there's also a Ron Howard segment. That's all about him and his wife and the difficulties they're having, but it's shot like a sitcom, like a multi-camera sitcom. And it's just him narrating. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds interesting. I might want to see it. Their but, relationship was not going to last. <laughs> and it didn't. <laughs> but let's get back to Galaxy of Terror. Okay. Right. And on the terror scale of 1 to 10, where would this rate? Uh, six. Six. <laughs> I, I would say, man, they have some, like, really shocking scenes. The violence in this movie is insane it's at times. I mean, this good. is essentially just, like, a Faces of Death kind of, de- of like, murder montage. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't know any of the characters. No. Like, it's no. happening and there's, like, 12 of them. They're just waiting for everyone to die. The first dude gets bitten by, like, a giant cockroach monster, like, rips his head off. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's another old guy who just, like, falls off a cliff. Uh, he doesn't just fall off a cliff. He gets attacked by a bunch of... Oh yeah, tentacle like monster tentacle. Things, oh yeah, which make the greatest sound. The foley in this scene is so good. It's a, and they keep playing the same sound over and over. They're like and from a cartoon. It's or cartoonish. Yeah, yeah it's it really almost funny. sounded like they may have lost the master, so they like added in new sound effects when they did the remastered version. Isn't that what you would expect from like a Roger Corman picture? Yeah, you would. I mean, like this, as far as Roger Corman pictures go, is pretty slick. Like, it, this looks really yeah. good. I believe it's from the sets that they use in Battle Beyond the Stars, which is their big Star Wars mega production they did. Yeah. And then there's like many layers of space movies after that, including Forbidden World, which is like a straight up alien ripoff. That's yeah. a big alien creature in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one has this weird kind of like circular thing, like we're saying, you know, it's sort of ripped off from Alien mm-hmm. and then sort of inspired aliens and then is really similar to Prometheus. Yes. Uh, and going all the way to like Planet of the Vampires, which was the Mario Bava version. Yeah. And, uh, even at the end, sort of Forbidden Planet, I guess, is them mm-hmm. sort of fighting the id monster exactly, or something like yeah. that. Like, it's it's them sort of manifesting this through. This ain't your daddy's Forbidden Planet. Man, Erin Moran from Happy Days probably has the worst death in this movie, I think. Yeah, she gets attacked by tentacle monsters as she screams, we assumed her safe word, Cameron, Cameron! And James Cameron just watched he's arms a, He's off screen. <laughs> yeah. He's off screen. And then her body explodes. Her head explodes. Yeah, her, head yeah, her body like pops and her head explodes. Oh, it's so gross. Sarah Palmer from Twin Peaks has a hilarious death as well, where she suddenly bursts into flames. For no then- reason. It, it was a really weird sequence where it looked like she was playing a video game. Maybe she was shooting at some kind of planet. I don't know. Yeah, and my favorite Martian comes over and he's like, you used to be the greatest galactic hyperware player of all time. And she's like, yes, I am. Now I must go to this escape chamber. And she's like freaked <laughs> out. She grabs a gun and then runs down the And the, the gun hallway. is like twice the size of it her is body. comically <laughs> And large. she runs down this corridor. She opens the door and then she just vaporizes. And, well, she doesn't vaporize because then the door opens <laughs> oh, right. and she has like a skeleton 
jumped in mass. She's like, oh, she's kind of melted. yeah, yeah. Freddy, this Freddy Krueger comes. It's the prequel to um, uh, Twin Peaks when she like she opens looks her face. Like Freddy Krueger. I mean, during the entire movie, April's like, I just don't see him. I, I, I don't. I didn't realize it was Freddy Krueger. We were like, ah, of course, he doesn't have the burnt makeup on and it's stuff true. like that. Would happen later in his career when he had that boilerplate what? accident. <laughs> until later, uh, until he fights his evil twin at the end. That's right. Double. And then his double is basically doing like the Freddy malevolent grin, but yeah. just without all the makeup on. And but you're he, like, oh, there he is. You can tell it's the evil twin because he has his hair slicked back. Oh, okay. <laughs> he did. He also yeah. had a goatee at the time. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad for like a, a trick photography double fight. It was okay. It was fine. Hey, he's James Cameron doing those fucking. I just call him Jim's Cameron. Jim's <laughs> friend, friends call him Jim's Cameron. He started out in the, in the 80s. Relationship. He was like, I'm Jim Cameron. And then it's yeah. like, then he became all like, I'm James. I'm James Cameron. It's like, it's like a Lawrence Larry. Wait, what is, how does um, uh, Jim Cameron end his emails? Like Jim out or something like oh, that? Oh, does he really? <laughs> yeah, uh, Jim be, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like as Robert England says, after he fights his evil twin, he's like... <laughs> You face your worst fears. And then between the lines, he's like, I hate my twin in the womb. (laughs) I assume. Because, like, everybody's fears are all giant monsters. Almost as if there was, like, a Halloween haunted house that was, like, closing after October. And we have all these monsters that would pop out of the walls. Can we use them in something like Galaxy of Terror? (laughs) Uh, Sure. Uh, Greatest fears, uh, yeah, monsters. Yeah, it did seem like they just had a bunch of unrelated monsters. Mm -hmm. And then they all put them in this alien planet ship type thing. I I guess if you're like, you know, a space... I don't even know what these people are. Space (laughs) space space rangers rangers or something? They're not like the mercenaries from Aliens. They seem like they're supposed to be like scientists, but they also are badass and carry guns. Yeah. Um, They they don't just carry guns. (laughs) They use them at every opportunity they can. Because uh, Sid Haig carries ninja stars. Oh, yeah. We should get into like what we liked about the movie. Okay, so April, you can go. Well, I was going to talk about Sid Haig. Do it. (laughs) Okay. Perfect transition. (laughs) All right, so he's a very, very tall man. I can't, what's he most famous for? He's like a famous actor. He's been in a lot of these He was really famous for being in a bunch of uh, Jack Hill films. Mm -hmm. The guy who made like um, the big dollhouse and the big birdcage and Coffee and Foxy Brown. And he came back to prominence thanks to Rob Zombie because he was in House of the Thousand Corpses and the Devil's Rejects. That's where most people know him now. (laughs) Yeah, but he was in a lot of stuff in like, this is like early 80s. Throughout the, mm-hmm. the aftermath, but I, which I still have yet to see. I'm looking forward to that. But he's in this movie. He dies about, I guess, about halfway through. But he doesn't really talk at all. And it's like building this mystery. It's like, who is this man? <laughs> and then they encounter these like sliding doors, which are very Sid like... Sid Haig's greatest fear. Yeah, they're very, as you mentioned, they're very like vaginal. They look like... Well, that's it's like from aliens, pretty much. Oh yeah, exactly. They look, they look like like labia walls. Anyway, yeah. so they come up with this idea where he has these crystal throwing stars. They kind of look like the thing from Crawl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, what is like, it called? The glaive. The glaive. The autoclave. Yeah. No, not autoclave. That's something else. I don't That's know. What but, oh, man, is there anything more disappointing than than Crawl? He's like, I fought the whole movie for this weapon. He throws it into the monster. It just sticks there, and he runs away. You're like, what the hell? 
but it's like a see-through, like it's supposed to be crystal, mm-hmm. but it looks like plastic, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he, yeah. at one point, he throws it into the door <laughs> to stop it, and uh-oh, the door crushes it, and he gets really mad. And yeah, he's it kind like, of shatters. Like, so wait, your favorite part are the throwing stars well, themselves? Well, basically, his relationship with these, with these he throwing stars. These he loves throwing stars. He says, he's devastated. What does he say? He said, I'll, My life I'll live and die for those crystals. Yeah, it, like it's that. like, he didn't test them out or anything. Like, maybe the guy who sold it to him were like, oh yeah, these are the best, and they were really, like, I second guess. generation. Maybe they're, like, his father's, like, yeah, passing them down. but they never say, and you're just like, that's just his thing. His yeah. thing are these crystal throwing stars. <laughs> Which he only uses, like, in Crawl once, that and then, like, instantly. It's like his child died. He is yeah, devastated. he's devastated. He's pretty upset. And then a couple scenes later, they are his demise. His because fear. I guess that's what, I guess it was related to the whole fear thing, because a piece of it breaks off and flies into his arm, and then you actually kind of see it go under the skin and it's go really up gross. his arm, and then he's like, Aah! and he chops. <laughs> his own arm off. And then, yeah. uh-oh, the other one just stabs him in the stomach. No, the arm, the, the yeah. severed arm picks up the, uh, <laughs> the, right. the throwing star and throws it into Sid Haig. My favorite thing about Galaxy of Terror is that any time you have this kind of like, oh no, it's your fears, you would assume that like they just find a terrified body in that classic like Japanese ghost uh, way Yeah, movie. where they died, in, they died of fear. Yeah, not <laughs> Galaxy of Terror. They're like, oh man, this guy like, he was exploded or he yeah. was stabbed by throwing stars. Because yeah. later on in the movie, the guy that's controlling it's like they could have fought their fears and it's like what no they could there's nothing that most of them any of them really could have done no this isn't a mental thing this is like them physically being assaulted and destroyed (laughs) by stuff it's like a horror movie I mean sorry to go back to uh, Robert England but it's kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street where Mm -hmm. it's getting into like their heads of their fear and like Nightmare on Elm Street is always breaking its own rules though because they'll be like it's just a dream and Freddy's like it's my dream bitch And then it just gets more and more crazy. It was just like a weird kind of like sci-fi version of that kind of, but you could not even know the fear idea throughout the whole movie and just yeah. think it's just this random crazy stuff uh, happening. Until, until Freddie Curry, he like Robert England's the first one to figure it out, and then yeah, he kind of defeats. Like and then his his double until the end of the movie, his double kind of disappears, and then he says to the main guy, "Like it's our fears, we gotta <laughs> we gotta get our fears." It would have been amazing if the main guy in control is like, "What are you talking about? Your fears? Are you fear having a double?" Like, yeah. what's going on? So the main character is a very, very handsome man with a mustache. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what his Tom name is. Tom Selleck standard. Yeah, his name was <laughs> Just call him Selleck. Yeah, and then the bad guy is uh, my, my favorite, my favorite Martian. Martian, or as I know him, a guy who was in the Stephen King miniseries of Stan. Uh, I don't <laughs> Which remember April his name. went on at length yeah. to say, you guys gotta watch it, man. I don't know what his name is, his character's name is in that, but he's the old man who paints in that. Um, but yeah, he's the cook on the ship, but turns out he's in control of this whole crazy movie. Yeah, because he's the planet master and he has a giant glowing head. Yeah, that was a whole weird thing. It kind of started out with that plan. Yeah. Like, each planet has a master. Yes. Uh, who controls, like, a... like, the gaming pyramid that they saw. It's really weird. So turns, they go to this pyramid. It turns out the turns whole... out the pyramid is a game. Yeah, because yeah. everybody wanders into it, and like the guy at the end is like, "We would put our children here, and they would have to face their fears." And I'm like, 
would their fears like rape them or like blow up their heads? Yeah, it's very One strange. of the characters gets raped to death uh, by a gigantic uh, worm, space worm. I was reading on Wikipedia, and supposedly it's because Roger Corman promised the like, oh, like investors that there would be a sex scene. So he gave him like a slug sex scene, yeah, and supposedly in the X-rated version, she like starts to enjoy it, and uh, she like dies of an orgasm. That is so gross. Yeah, it's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you could like infer that from what's in the movie, but it more just looks like she died of fright, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that slug is giant. Like they have a giant puppet really slug yeah. like over a, her. Yeah, I'd be terrified of that like crushing you, like uh, if you were under it, and she's all slimed up. Poor girl. And was, full yeah. nude. Oh, just God. filming it was probably. Yes. Uh, and they bring enough. her back. They bring her back later. She's all slimed up too. Like, yeah. You know, when all when all the sort of dead uh, the sort of shipmates come back and like. like what was your favorite part, Colin? My favorite part was the look of it. I was actually really shocked because I looked it up and the budget was only like seven hundred thousand dollars. Well, that's uh, crazy. You've got James Cameron. You know, you've got 88? James Cameron doing the production design. You got Bill Paxton painting the sets. Yeah, apparently there's that. <laughs> An and, uncredited uh, Bill Paxton. So you got James Cameron doing the uh, production design. The matte paintings are actually mm. really, really good. And mm-hmm. we've seen like a lot of movies from this sort of time period where you know the matte paintings don't hold up. But this is amazing. Like some of the model work is fantastic. Really, really high production value. And uh, it just feels like a movie that like I don't know if there was ever existed a longer version, but everything was cut out. Except Except for like, we just want the good parts. Oh, the the money shots, like you know, yeah. anytime you yeah. know the exterior of the pyramid looked, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was Giger-esque, You could say, but even it was like kind of doing its own thing. Walking up the pyramid, they actually built like slats that have like the fleshy outlines yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, And then and then they have that uh, end part where they kind of go into the center of the pyramid, mm-hmm. uh, and it reminded me very much of like Forbidden Planet with the with the sort of like glowing. Yeah, uh, they're walking across that bridge over the you mm-hmm. know, thousand foot drop. Yeah, and like stuff slightly like that. cheaper than some of its contemporaries. Mm-hmm. but you could tell the effort was put in. Wow, yeah, it looked, it looked really, really like, good. And you just imagine, like, a CG version of that, and you're like, yeah, eh, yeah, not as good yeah. than just someone, like, painting it yeah, and see, imposing it. Yeah, see, I'd rather it. a cheaper one that was hand-painted and hand-done, mm-hmm. and you could mm-hmm. tell that the walls were created by a person. My favorite thing, April spoiled it a little bit, is that at the end, when the Planet Master tells Tom Selleck, you know, there's... <laughs> an easy way you can defeat your fears. And then suddenly, like, his fears are everybody else's fears and they all show up. So, like, Slug Monster, there's a weird kind of pyramid head guy that's on the poster. Oh, yeah, like, with the glowing eyes. And there's, like, a cockroach dude. And then he's like, how do I defeat my fears? I flip over him. Flips and guns. And he just flips. And he does, like... Dozens of flips. Oh, like, yeah. a, like a somersault in the air. Yeah. Where it's Every like, single time. Yeah, that wasn't that active. It's like you've never <laughs> done it. You've, you've never, never done, done these flips. <laughs> they got like a tumbler from like a circus to mm-hmm. do that. But he's like doing like sh- also just like shoulder rolls, like yeah. left and right, and dodging them and like shooting them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the second movie we watched was called Boarding House. And it's a movie that I've always wanted to watch because it is the First film, technically, that was shot on video and released on the home video market, a.k.a. in theaters and then on VHS. You may have seen the cover. It's a woman with big hair screaming as a hand rips through her bed and grabs her leg. Now, this does happen in the movie. It does. It doesn't look like the poster, though. It does not. (laughs) So this is a movie as well that I have it on DVD 
And I was baffled by the fact that it had a 98-minute version and a 157-minute director's cut. Oh, my God. Which is insane after having watched So this is like the kind of Godfather. Yeah, exactly. Like the Godfather version. No, Apocalypse Now Redux. Yeah, the Redux. (laughs) Boarding House Redux. Which I've seen. That wasn't bad. (laughs) Oh, man. Hot takes. (laughs) Apocalypse Now. This film is directed by John Wintergate. That's not his name. I don't think that's his name. No. It sounds like a fake name. And he directs, he writes, he did the special effects. I'm sure he did the camera when he wasn't on screen because he also stars in this film as the owner of this... I guess just this, like, shitty porn mansion. He, like, inherits it yeah, from his, his uncle. Oh, so I guess he? it sort of opens up with, like, a kind of text. Oh, yeah. It's like oh, somebody, does it ever. It's, it's like, wow. It's like somebody's entering this text into, you know, a computer. You can tell because the font is, like, that 80s computer it's font. It's the green font and on it's the, the black background. the slowest typing ever. You've read yeah. this thing three times over before he starts to narrate. Oh, yeah. And it's also the director who's narrating it <laughs> yeah. as a different character. He plays multiple roles. He's a real... Peter Sellers in this picture. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, we should point out that this director, we were trying to like describe how he looks. He's a seventh generation Malcolm McDowell. Kind of looks like Rod Stewart a little bit. Okay, but, I but said, we nailed okay, okay, Justin, you nailed it, but I have to say, yeah, he was kind of reminding me of like uh, Phil Spector. Yeah, Phil, you know, and he showed like, us photos. That kind of that kind of like blonde kind of wig, and then and then you came up with this one. And I uh, there's like a close-up of his face at one point. His <laughs> eyes are bugging out. Real close-up. And I was like, he looks Looks like the dummy head right before it explodes or like a special effect happens to it. <laughs> so like, when the real actor becomes a dummy yeah, just before it yeah, explodes. Yeah, like you won't know unless you pause it. Like the features aren't quite right. They're like, like a little too extended and like, you know, It's made of like mortician's wax and like yeah, exactly. you know, he's got a very deep cleft in his chin. It's a very kind of like cartoony face. And like not only does he look like that but he's constantly just wearing like a leopard print banana song. Kind nothing, of leaves nothing to the imagination. And the yeah. plot of the film is he inherits his house, and in voiceover, he lets the audience know, I can't wait to have women here. Ten beautiful women, they will live with me. And then they do. I think he puts out an ad, he's reading it in the newspaper as he's mm-hmm. walking up to the house. Yeah. Uh, but it's in, like, voiceover. Mm-hmm. It's $100 And he's saying, a yeah, you can, 100 bucks a month, you can kind of live in my house, so he kind of, like, all these hot babes come and live <laughs> yeah. in the house with them, and that's pretty much the plot. <laughs> yeah. I don't, there's more to the plot. Is there? Really? <laughs> it's more, it's probably a hangout that's movie. Setup. This, yeah. is, this is a crazy-ass movie. Yeah. So, when I said it was, like, 157 minutes long, you watch <laughs> this 98-minute version, you go, I can see where those minutes go, because it is incoherent. I can't, yeah. but I can't imagine a longer version, because, <laughs> it would like, just be more of them just hanging out of the house. <laughs> this is almost intolerable. That's what most of the movie is. Yeah, but there's lots of scenes where he'll go like, oh, wow, people don't like this house? Tell me how. And then the other guy will start talking and the oh, audio yeah. will fade just out. out. It's and almost, then the ghost of black. Yeah, it's almost like, a der- you know, anytime like, uh, some information is going to be delivered. Boring. It's like the editor's just like, boring, and just like fades it out. And then next scene. And so you just get like, all these women, I don't know any of their names except for two of them, uh, Victoria and Debbie. Is that her name? Victoria? Victoria. Oh, Victoria. Oh, Victoria is Victoria. played by his real life wife. Yes. Whose oh, name is her name like... is Klassen. Klausen. Klassen. 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 She did the music like, as well. I can find like out. Khaleesi? Yes, Khaleesi, uh, the mother of dragons. Oh, God. Kallus? 
Kalasu. Yeah, Kalasu. <laughs> Something like that. Who's also the lead singer of 33rd and 1-3rd, which is a big plot point in this movie. You see later on in the movie. It's a real band. Well, pretty much the whole movie is building up to this This big party. party. They keep talking about it. They talk about it like an hour and a half before they show up. That's and what it feels like. like. <laughs> there would be these parties and we go, is this the party? And then like it would go to the next no, scene and we're like, oh, that must have been the party. At one point, he's in the hot tub around the ladies. He's like, hey, we should have a party. And she's like, yeah, I'll have my band perform. And then she goes to like a flight range yeah, and, an and airport. talks to a guy driving an airplane. He just lands this plane. And she's like, hey, we're going to have this party. Do you want to come play? And he's like, sure. And she's like, by the way, I don't think you're supposed to fly those planes backwards. It's like this weird like, kind of futuristic <laughs> I'm just design joking. Thing. But it's like... And that's that the end of the scene. He's still in the cockpit where she's telling him, like, come to yeah. this party. And yeah. then he's never seen again. He's never seen again. I'm sure, I, don't I guess think so. he shows up in the band later. Uh, but... We should point out, like, why this is one of the first SOV films is that like a lot of SOV pictures, it's a horror film. And the horror element comes from what we assume at first is a ghost in the house. You it's think like it's like a, haunted house, like a haunted house possessed. Spoiler, three people in this house have psychic powers. Yes, three. Three people. <laughs> Two at the beginning and then uh, the third no, one. No, it actually is like one, two, three, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's just uh, director man first and you, he's introduced having psychic powers, yeah. being in his office, <laughs> naked, sitting cross-legged, not naked, he's wearing a Speedo, okay, and he's but this levitating is, uh, objects in his office. A, a Speedo is like exaggerating. This, yes. is, this, this thing... <laughs> It's like, it's that mesh, like the top part, <laughs> yeah. so where his pubes Ooh. would be are, is like kind of He mesh. must be like Ken Doll Smooth under there. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, sure. Like he's always, like he always has his shirt off as if he's yeah. like, yeah, or, look at my Or even ass. if his shirt is on, it's completely unbuttoned <laughs> like, all, the all the way down, down to, to his the belt. bottom. And there's yeah. even a scene where a woman goes like, you have a very sexy <laughs> body. Hey, if, yeah. I, if I had asked he's like, I know. I, I would not be wearing shirts. <laughs> no. I would be walking around that, like That's the thing about this movie is that I mean, I don't know the like the full background story, but it seems like one of those vanity projects. hundred percent a vanity where project. Where it's like I'm the director, but I'm also in the movie, and all these gorgeous ladies love me. He has two love scenes in the movie: mm -hmm. one with his wife in real life, who's also a character in the movie, and Khaleesi. one with some other random woman. Or and he also has psychic powers, and he also, you know, has a, a hand in like destroying the villain at the end. But we didn't mention that there's also a British woman British is kind of strong. No, like, I thought she was Russian at accented. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, 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 hello. Hello. Yeah. But let's get into it. April, what was your favorite part of the movie? I gotta say the fashion because this was like right at the edge between the 70s and the 80s and I first noticed the amazing fashion choices. Well, one person's specific fashion well, yeah, choices. Yeah. It's Mr. Winter Beast or whatever. It's, Winter whatever Beast, it's, Boarding House. Mr. House. It's boarding Houses is my father's name. Wintergate. The first time I noticed it was that he was wearing this absurd suit with the smallest top I've ever seen. I mean, I know I heard that like the thin tie was a thing and then it went away and then now it's back. April became obsessed with this tie. Every time he was on screen, she's like, it's okay. too thin. Let me give you an idea of how thin this tie is. It's about two centimeters thick or if you're in America, I think it's not even one inch. It's mm -hmm. not even 
one inch thin. So he's wearing like a shiny silky white shirt with this like shiny silky hot pink tie. And at one point he switches them up and yeah. he's wearing and a white tie. A white tie with a pink shirt. But that's not all. No. Because he's changing his fashion sense throughout the movie. What, what do we yeah. get? We got. So later in the movie he's wearing a full cowboy outfit. <laughs> it's just like a blouse or a cowboy, whatever you call yeah. it, like a man's shirt. But he's wearing like bell bottoms and like cowboy boots and this ridiculous cowboy hat <laughs> yep. and like leopard print speedos. <laughs> and he has a leopard print bathrobe as well that he wears. Yeah, like a silky bath. There's a lot of silk and shiny shirts going on. I mean, he also has like the puffy shirt face. Oh, the vest. Yeah. It's, it's like the back, it's like the, the back to the future. It's like the back to the future vest with a blue and white um, like racing stripe, which I think was really mm. sharp. <laughs> and like white cowboy boots. White cowboy boots. And he only wears his 80 like thin sunglasses. Oh, yeah. So it's like thin wraparound mm. sunglasses. It's hard to describe, but yeah, it's like it wraps around. It's like a very thin rectangle that wraps around his whole just, head. Just picture the most 80s sunglasses you can imagine. Yeah, and, and it was like it wasn't just like him. Like the women also were just had this insane fashion that became like more 80s as the movie went on. I guess like that party scene at the end, everyone's in like full. Like, it was all culminating huge, in the most 80s hair. Thing. There was like a like a tiger stripe like ascot on somebody and like the Klausau, Klausu, whatever her name was. She was wearing hot pink, shiny, high-waisted silk pants with (laughs) a baby pink shirt with like ripped tassels uh, <laughs> and it's just so much and pink. like white kind of pretty woman like and prostitute white, boots. big big ass boots just a lot of like kind of satin pants in this movie and, and like, all yeah. the clothes on these women is constantly taken off as well yeah, oh, there's yeah. so it's much like nudity in this movie tight yeah. too like you see at everything at one point <laughs> even uh, the director's pants is yeah, fall his, off. His little thong get torn off or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, like, my that's God, right. Yeah, so they, yes, yes, there is nudity in this movie. I mean, that transitions to what I liked about this movie is that this is a film that was obviously shot in some kind of porno house. <laughs> it was made in L.A., and, like, you know that, like, everybody getting in the water probably got pink eye. Oh, like, God. it's really scuzzy. You see carpets every now and then on the ground. And you're like, ugh. Oh. It looks like your grandma's house, which is even, like, funnier when there'll be, like, a scene where a woman gets attacked by, uh, I don't know what, in the bathroom. One of the uh, tiles starts bleeding. And then she turns into a pig-headed monster. Oh, yeah. And then she pulls a tampon out of her mouth. Oh, so so completely bloody tampon. And then she's like, ah, and oh, it was just a dream. Yeah. That's right. Uh, It's just a mental projection. Weird stuff like that happens. It's just like a bunch of random stuff. Hallucinations mixed in with objects falling and like stabbing people and stuff like that. Yeah, it really makes no sense. I mean, it all comes together at the end. You're like, oh, yes, now I understand. It kind of does. It it does have this feeling like it seems like a porno was being shot at the same time as this movie. Like if you didn't know any better when they like faded out, you're like, oh, that's where they must have fucked. Well, it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's when you're telling I mean, there's like a 152 minute version. You're like, oh, the hardcore version. Assuming 58 minutes of fucking. This is is just like one notch above a porno as far as like production value goes. And that's not to say that it's like, it, yes, it's bad, but I mean, mm. like, I thought that the gore stuff and the story There's stuff a lot of gore stuff. was pretty good, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's just like, a, you just change like one or two elements and this is a porno. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like the cheesy acting and yeah, like, I mean, the, the, the I, sets like, and stuff like that. The thing that we talked about a little bit is that it does feel like a show that like the women from Glow would have made. 
Yeah. Like, that's what, and they feel yeah, like those actors, like, if they hadn't been able to become wrestlers, it would have ended up at this guy's yeah. house. Because it also takes place in L.A., and all these yeah. women are actors in the movie. Right. I, I do wish that it just wasn't as, like, skeevy as it was. Well, you because... didn't like it when the woman, uh, <laughs> there's a bloody tile, and she presses up her breasts against the shower wall yeah. over and glass. over and again. she's not in a sex, yeah. you think that would happen during the sex scene, no, that just randomly happens while she's afraid and screaming. Yeah, sorry, Colin was right. It's a well, glass yeah, over and over again. It would be less yeah. skeezy if you didn't know that the, the main guy was the director as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, like, that happens like, in these type of movies all the time. It's yeah. the kind of the vanity movie. Um, it was that kind of ego this movie would not have been able to make. Yeah, made. yeah. and like, there's also another character, the character that dies on the beach, her ex-boyfriend, I guess, is like after her and he's like, why did you leave me and why are you leaving this house? And he shows up and he's like, why are you here? And they have a flashback to him raping her. Yeah, and, and like, it's pretty nasty. Like, and it's yeah, it's like, really and gross. they show it. Like there's not, I don't think there's nudity in that scene, but it's there just is. like, uh, oh, there is. oh, it's there? Yeah, okay. it's very, uh, it's very It's gratuitous and watch. like it's, uh, but it makes you feel like bad. Like you're supposed to feel bad. And I'm glad uh, that uh, story gets wrapped up in a oh, satisfying Jesus faction. Christ. And by that I mean they go to the beach and she bleeds to death and then runs into the ocean. She's killed by the uh, telekinetic mm-hmm. villain. Uh, does that guy ever get his come up? No, he no. never comes back. Yeah, you know what? You gotta watch 157 minute version. <laughs> yeah, maybe he does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that was cut out. Colin, what was your favorite part? It all sort of builds up towards the end and 30, <laughs> 33 and a third is playing at this famous party. You know? uh, it's quartz music meets Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, quartz as... music. What the hell is that? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's just like you, you know that the director and this woman who's his wife in real life have uh, power crystals all around their bedroom. <laughs> Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yes. And they have all these sort yeah. of books on mysticism and you know. That becomes uh, part of the plot. Of the it, it does. And you know exactly as soon as I saw that I'm like you know in real life <laughs> she got him into all this sort of crap. These people and... are a little kooky. Yeah they're, <laughs> yeah. Little, they're a little kooky. You know we want to make a film that mm-hmm. will uh, transfer our spiritual beliefs yeah. but at the same time be entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. With like, you know, a graphic rape scene. Yeah. So favorite part is sort of all sort of culminates in this party at the end. And then it's revealed that the British woman is the one that's, <clears> she's <throat> got the telekinetic powers and has been sort of causing all these things to happen in the house. And they have a psychic battle. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> after. The, we need to mention George one. Lucas shows up. That's who is right. apparently her father. Okay, I didn't get this part at all. I mean, I was too distracted by the fact of my favorite gore scene where a woman's like, oh. whoa, and she's holding her head. And I'm like, oh man, I hope something's gonna happen to her eyes. She's gouging at her eyes. She's gouging at her eyes. And I'm like, oh, I hope I'll see some big fake eyes. Boom. Big fake eyes. Yeah. I've never seen big fake eyes in a Like that, before. really? Not like that. I'm She's trying like, to think. They're probably cow's eyes, too. So probably. they got real eyes. Yeah, they did, because they use real guts as well, and people pull their guts oh. out. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no way they would go to the... Because they look too real. Yeah, they look too real. They didn't real. go to the like, prop store? No. They're, well, they're not going to make... They didn't look like googly eyes you buy no, at yeah. the store. Uh, so they get in a psychic battle. The three of them. So it's the main character, <laughs> it's this British woman, and then the, uh, the main character's wife. Yeah, uh, Victoria. Khaleesi. Who's also a psychic at this point. Yeah. has learned psychic ability because he sort of like uh, teaches her in the bathtub. She, she, <laughs> yes. she picks it up She right goes away. to the local library and picks up all these books. <laughs> yeah. Like, about a dozen books on like mysticism. There's and, like, so many hints you're dropping here that like he does teach her psychic powers in the bathtub by making a piece of soap like move around. Yeah, he does. <laughs> which is on a stick. It's yeah. really funny. 
So they get, get into this psychic battle and then uh, all of a sudden they're in this sort of void world. It's just like smoke and just you like... You expect know, like Def Leppard to be like... Oh yeah, you, it, looks like music an, video. it looks like an 80s music video and it's like to the point where the, the British girl's hair is all teased up and like yeah. spiky. Oh yeah. It's like... Dun, 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 and there's dun, dun, dun. like red and blue lighting yes, on them. The by lighting. Yes. And it's like a naked gun joke where you see like their faces, you see like the evil person's face, and then it cuts to a wide yeah. and they're standing like three feet away yeah, from each other. Yeah, and they're just like staring at each other, like <laughs> gesturing, and then like their eyes are wide, they're throwing psychic energy. Yeah, so it's like the, the main guy is like, oh, I can't fight her, and he's like defeated, and then like his wife in real life kind of comes in and like saves the day, and I think it's not really... Uh, no, nothing the, really happens. The blonde girl kind of just like yeah, falls, out of, falls frame. out of frame, and yeah. then maybe they ran out of like gore money at that point because she just yeah. ripped the guy's heart out. Well, it says at the end, in the end, sort of like computer text thing, that yeah. her body was never found. That's right. And then she the exploded. end credit roll. Yeah. And boy, does it ever. <laughs> and it kind of wraps up. It's like the. What was it? The, the, the BHPD? Yeah, the BHPD, as Colin said, the boarding house police, police department. department. <laughs> and he's like. Body never found, you know, blah blah blah. I never understand this when I see like these movies that feel really long, and you look at the running time and you're like, ninety-eight minutes. Yeah, that you could have been eighty-five yeah. or ninety. There's no reason you need this to be ninety-eight. This could have been sixty. <laughs> yeah. I kind of felt like that. We just, need like, to watch a hundred and fifty-seven minute no. version. <laughs> they, they could have faded out on those scenes, like yeah, ten minutes like, Here's earlier. what you do: you have like a Halloween party and just show the deleted scenes, the, like, the in, long in, version in the background. Yeah, when you and want so people like, to oh, leave, though. It, no, you can put yeah. Boarding House on. You're like, hey, guys, let's watch a movie. Uh, more yeah. like Boredom House, am I right? Uh, no, yeah. this movie has four stars. <laughs> I mean, I've been getting really like, obsessed. Like, in total, from all of your <laughs> <in> the sky. <laughs> I really like these kinds of movies, and I've been obsessed with these VHS type kind of genre, subgenre, whatever you want to call it. Video drugs, Bleeding Skull calls it. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like... People that will often make just one film, they're not filmmakers. Thanks to technology, they have the means to make a movie. Like maybe yeah. they have some money. Yeah, and, and like, but money. not enough money to make a 35 yeah, million yeah. where you can have real technical people around you going like, oh, you should do this or do that. So you have like this pure vision into their mind. <laughs> yeah. And it's like nothing else you will see. And it's funny that like a movie like Boarding House, which just came like, we looked up that like video cameras came out in 81 or 82. Right. So the fact that it came out right then and there. Yeah, and we, we were kind of saying that this, yeah. like, I've seen movies that have, are shot on video, you know, that are early 2000s mm-hmm. that look yeah. much worse than this. Well, suppose this yeah. film costs $10,000, mm-hmm. and to blow it up to thirty-five to play in the theaters cost $35,000. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And $10,000 in 1981 um, is probably like $20,000 now or more. It's probably right? like $11,000. But I have to say, though, it did, like, we're making fun of it, but it actually looked pretty good for a shot on video movie. For a shot on video like I movie. said, I've seen a lot worse. I mean, I did expect John Holmes conversing through a wall, yeah. like with nunchucks or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, I've seen, yeah, like I said, I, like, I know, but like, it I mean, was, you're hyping it up here. I know, no, we're not. I'm I'm right. saying, it does not look good at all. Like, it was like semi competently shot. <laughs> I think it You're was. You're being very generous. <laughs> I, expected much, I expected much worse. I mean, it was pretty bad, but I think that the one thing that I enjoyed through it is that there's so much crazy bullshit. Yeah. Like, and that's the problem with, like... If you're not on that wavelength, you're going to be like, this is boring. There's no story. Like, it's all over the place. Yeah. I'm all about, like, 
wait, what's going on? One of them is a dominatrix for some reason? It was confusing in the right way. (laughs) Yes. It's not, like, so confusing where you just, you're just lost and, and you you know, you're just like, I give up. It was confusing in a way that kept your attention. I mean, if, I, I, mean interest. I very much enjoy and have a good laugh where suddenly you're watching a scene and like a woman starts biting a man's chest at a party yeah, and you're like, wait, what's going what? on? I, I must have said, what? What is going on? Like 20 times during the <laughs> And movie. we got so excited. We were like, is this the party? Is this the party? That's what the suspense in the movie is. It's just a non-stop party. <laughs> and let's not forget, <laughs> this is a film that features a skeleton man. It's like, oh, oh yeah, jiggly Dan Wattley head. I yeah. forgot about that. There's a dream sequence where uh, Khaleesi mm-hmm running through a graveyard wow. and uh, it just like I guess there's so much in this 98 minutes that we can't even we can't even we can barely I scratch mean, the surface we didn't even talk about that Khaleesi has the probably most memorable waking up from a nightmare ever oh yeah oh my god forever scream same goes nightmare on. I'm talking about so she's screaming constantly in this nightmare and then she wakes up and screams for like a solid like but minute but it's like a single scream this is like ah! 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 it keeps going <laughs> So, boarding house, our highest recommendation. I have to say, I probably would recommend both these movies. A star from each of us. (laughs) That's right. Which makes it three out of five, which is a positive on Rotten Tomatoes. It's so weird, it's like coming off of something that looks, you know, I think is good as Galaxy of Terror, and then going, you know, going into this, it's like, whoa. I mean, the director never made another movie or acted again, Mm -hmm. probably because he said everything he had to say with boarding house. Both movies. The directors never made anything again. That's crazy to me, because it's well, maybe not for Boarding House, but Galaxy of Terror. Like, that was, like... It was slick. It was confident. Like, yeah. it wasn't... That know. was a solid B-movie. A lot of these sort of movies, something like that, would just be boring. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be sort of boring to watch and, like, yeah. oh, the effects suck. This yeah, terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Prometheus is the bad version oh, of Galaxy man, of so Terror. Prometheus is a remake kind of, of Galaxy of Terror. All right, so if you want to let us know why the director of Galaxy of Terror never made another movie, I'm sure it's out there. Email us at... No such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com. We watched Galaxy of Terror on uh, Amazon Prime here in Canada. Yeah, it was a really good transfer. Um, I assume that it's also on, Ish, yes. uh, in Amazon in the U.S. because they seem to have like way more than we have uh, mm-hmm. down there. Uh, yeah, like you can watch Teddy Bomb, a film awesome. directed oh by God. me on Amazon Prime. Is that available to rent? Is it for free it's free if you have a prime membership and if you watch it i make money so please watch it (laughs) 15 uh, cents for every hour oh my god but yeah uh we have an amazon prime membership up here and they just released a whole bunch of b movies Uh uh, on uh, on there so uh maybe check them out it's also available from scream factory slash shout factory when they did their like roger corman collection in like a stacked two disc special edition and a blu-ray as well and boarding house is also available from olive films I believe probably only on DVD. No, probably. I think it's like a, they did a 4K uh, <laughs> restoration. 4K yeah. Blu-ray. Yeah, it's in HDR as well. <laughs> in a, a two-disc special edition with a <laughs> ridiculous the, what's, amount. Wait, what's on the second disc? Uh, rare director's cut. Audio commentary. <laughs> audio uh, commentary for the long version, probably. <laughs> Teeth, a.k.a. Lightstorm, live in Europe, 1981. I don't know who that is. Oh, that's the band. That's 33 and a third. Oh, is it? The 33 and a third had three names. There's <laughs> three, 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 three. Teeth and Lightstorm. And there's also there's also like seven music videos here. (laughs) 
music videos by 33. Three and a third. Really? Yes, there is. So wait, you said Lightstorm? I did say Lightstorm. That's James Cameron's production company's Lightstorm Entertainment. <gasps> oh, oh my god. It all ties together. Oh the holistic podcast about oh no gosh. such thing as a bad movie. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm uh, at April Atmansky. I'm also on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as Sergeant Zima. <laughs> at Sergeant Zima. And, and he also loves to drink Zima. Yeah, I know. That's so crazy. Uh, mine is uh, Declue, J-D-E-C-L-O-U-X, and then the letter J. And you can also follow me on Letterboxd, where I'm very busy there, and that's just uh, Justin Declue. We're also on uh, iTunes, so if you uh, have a spare minute, rate and review us. But uh, yeah, that'll be it for this episode. I'm April Lipmansky. I'm Colin Cunningham. I'm Justin Declue. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie. I was trying to imitate all of this. <laughs> it's all good.